Today's text is a break in the series that we have been following at Oslo International Church. We've been talking about the Gospel of Luke for a few months now, and we will go back to it next week. But today, as we celebrate this service together, together with Hasle Congregation, I want to speak from John, from the text which is in the Norwegian lectionary for this Sunday. It is a deeply meaningful text to read in a day such as this, in which our two congregations are gathered. And gathered not merely because we share a building, but most of all because we share a faith. A faith through which we declare the same Jesus to be Christ and to be Emmanuel, God with us. And today, John tells us of the voice of Jesus, and he is praying, and he is praying for us. Not just for OIC, not just for Hashle congregation, he is praying for us. He is praying for his disciples gathered around him, and for all those who will believe in him through their message, as we can read a bit further down the prayer that we find in John 17. Down through the generations wide across the world and even to this day and to this place with this very unusual assorted gathering of people here today. The prayer of Jesus echoes from the Gospel of John to this very The prayer of John 17 is a central piece in John's telling of the gospel. It stands at a hinge, a kind of a turning point in the gospel. We follow the ministry of Jesus all the way to the so-called upper room in Jerusalem where Jesus washes his disciples' feet and shares the Passover meal with them. And in that room... John places a series of teachings from Jesus, teachings that culminate with a prayer that takes all of chapter 17, a prayer of which we have read a part today. From this prayer, in a way, Jesus goes out, and he goes out to be arrested and crucified. After this prayer, the disciples' faith in Jesus will be challenged and will have to find new ways of expressing itself and of understanding itself. They will no longer follow Jesus around the roads of Galilee and Judea. They will no longer eat meals with Jesus. They will no longer sit by his feet as he teaches the crowds. At least not in the same way. Their meetings with Jesus in the remaining chapters of the Gospel of John will be meetings with the resurrected Christ. And after that, they must learn to live their faith without the bodily presence of Jesus. And at this turning point, at this turning point, the prayer of Jesus in John 17 is a gift. It helps the disciples and it helps us to anchor our faith in such a way that will not become a stale memory of the teachings of a dead teacher, but rather 
that it will be the living faith of the living Christ. I can think of at least three ways in which John 17 helps anchor our faith. Firstly, it anchors our faith in the context of relationship. In the context of relationship. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. The teachings of the upper room in John's gospel are soaked, steeped in an encompassing and embracing Trinitarian language. Jesus' announcement of his death and of his ascension are also, in the gospel of John, the announcement of the coming of the Spirit, so that his apparent departure becomes, in fact, the dawn of an even more intimate participation in this Trinitarian dance of love. Jesus is one with the Father. The Father is one with the Son. Father and Son are one with the Spirit. And in Jesus' prayer, we are welcomed into that holy plural. The same movement that draws us into relationship with God also draws us towards each other. This is a faith that is expressed and understood in the context of relationships where love and grace may take root and may change realities. John 17 also anchors our faith in the context of revelation. The story of the Christian faith is a story of a God who reveals himself, who seeks us, it is not a story of how we got God or the divine figured out. Figured out by our well-crafted doctrines or our smart theological contraptions. It is the story of a God who seeks, a God who seeks closeness to the point of revealing himself as son. Flesh that can share a meal and that can share suffering. Flesh that can be crucified, and that can resurrect. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. At the center of our faith is Christ Emmanuel, God with us. A faith that thinks it figured out God with its explanations is a dividing faith. But the faith of the God who reveals himself in Christ is a faith that can crack those walls and draw us towards each other and into unity. And finally, John 17 anchors our faith in the context of discipleship, of following Jesus. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them, he prays. And it's important to remember that in the Gospel of John, Jesus is the Word incarnate. Our faith is the faith of those who follow 
the word made flesh. Which is to say that our faith is a faith expressed in time and in space. It is a faith expressed in this world of joy and of pain where we live. The disciples, they would no longer have the bodily presence of Jesus. And they would no longer have him physically present at their side as they met the realities of this world. But they would still have the realities of this world to deal with within the reality of their faith. And they would still have each other. The faith that we are called into, that we are embraced by, wants to shape our relationships here today and wants to shape how we move in a world that is often marked more by division and violence than by unity and grace. What does it mean to live such a faith? That is the task before us. But Paul does remind us just how concrete this is and wants to be. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him... The whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. May the God who is creator, redeemer, and present sustainer guide us on the way. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.